The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Is your organization a talent magnet? Is your culture the envy of the business market? Top organizations need top leaders. Make sure that you are that leader. This show will ensure that you are. Welcome to I Lead, The Leadership Connection with Dr. Linda Sharkey. Leaders today are more than just results. They are about creating legacies of great people, driving winning organizations, and raising the bar for themselves and that of their teams. Now, here is your host, Dr. Linda Sharkey. Hi, I'm Linda Sharkey, and I'm delighted to have you with me today. Uh, Today's show is on a topic that I believe is absolutely critical. It's uh, an area where I have uh, done a great deal of work. And if we think that the talent wars are over, uh, we are sadly mistaken. Um, Leaders need to think differently about talent. Some research out of the University of Michigan recently said that people are going to change jobs 35 times at least in this next era. And the turnover rate, interestingly enough, and I'm not surprised actually, uh, has been going up. In other words, people are voluntarily leaving their organizations as the economy is improving. And, and, and workers entering the workplace now are looking to move more quickly to other jobs. You know, technology has and will continue to change social relationships in the modern business world. And we need to be prepared for that. And all of those things are going to make a huge difference in how we lead and manage talent. Talent management actually has been central to my work for quite a long period of time. I uh, did uh, a lot of this kind of work with General Electric Company, and I I still say with all my experience consulting and working in other places, the code has been largely cracked by GE. And it's so interesting because it is a hundred-and-some-year-old company but they were able to really continue to focus on talent and never swayed on that and their processes. Uh, I also worked uh, as the head of talent for Hewlett-Packard and with many of my clients. And here are some of the things that I learned. You have to have a systematic approach. You have to have a philosophy about talent and you have to follow that philosophy. And you have to have focus and alignment. You can't be changing every year or every other year how you're going to be doing uh, performance reviews or how you're going to be doing rotations. There has to be some consistent approach. I also have a book that I wrote from my own experiences, Optimizing Talent, 
what every leader needs to know to sustain the ultimate for workforce. My co-author and myself really came up with a model that we believed is focused, was is data-driven, fact-based, and we know from statistical correlation drives business results. And there's a supporting workbook to help you walk through each steps of the each of the steps of the model. So to further this discussion, I'm very excited to have with me today Chris Yee. Chris is a co-author with Reed Hoffman and Bob Kanocha of Alliance, Managing Talent in a Networked World. This is a New York Times best-selling book. Uh, Chris has wonderful experience. I love how he puts his bio out um, just helping people do creative things. He's a speaker, he's a marketing guru, and a venture capitalist. And Chris, thank you so much for joining my show today. I'm delighted to be here, Linda. Thank you so much for having me. You know, yours is a great book. I I love it. Um, I read it, obviously, cover to cover. And, uh, you know, as I was looking at it, uh, it, it's it's a good, solid, and easy to read book, and easily implementable. Uh, tell me what what was the experience that drove you to write this book? Well, here in Silicon Valley, as you've noted, we've seen a big increase in turnover, and it's not too uncommon to see people who switch jobs every six months to twelve months for you know, almost a decade. And for me and my co-authors, we looked at this and said, you know, this just isn't right. Because if you think about it, how many people believe that they do their best work in the first three months on the job? Nobody believes that. Everyone has to come up to speed, and really you have to dig in. And how many people believe they can create an important piece of work in, in, let's say, another three months? It takes time to achieve great things. And so we wanted to combat this perception that here in Silicon Valley, to get ahead, you have to switch jobs constantly. We wanted to look instead at how managers and employees could build better long-term relationships that allow both of them to do better for themselves. Yeah, you know, I noticed in your book, and it was something that uh, our own research had had put out, that really people need about a three-year period of time uh, to do... To, to really achieve results. What, what made you arrive at, you know, at that window? I, I agree with the window, by the way. A lot of it is definitely personal experience. Here in Silicon Valley, when we're launching a new product, it often takes a couple of years to develop the product, launch the product, market the product, and see how it does in the marketplace. And in fact, if you look at Silicon Valley, we often have vesting schedules for those stock options that make people into millionaires, and those vesting schedules are generally over four years. So we recognize it takes some amount of time to get these things done. On the other hand, we're not advocating that people stay somewhere for 20 years in the same role. They may stay in the same organization for 20 years, but they're going to shift from role to role because they want to stay fresh and continue achieving and continue progressing in their career. Absolutely. And it's the rare organization that stays the same for 20 years. I mean, most people have job descriptions and they look incredibly different, you know, two years later because of of so much change. You talk a lot about, uh, you know, rotational assignments, transformational assignments, and foundational uh, uh, assignments. And 
And I uh, love the discussion around rotational assignments. And as you point out, people use that a lot in sort of entry-level positions, but you've expanded your view of rotational assignments. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Absolutely. What we call a rotational tour of duty is essentially an approach that is programmatic. And what's great about it is that you can really be scalable about it. So if you're McKinsey and you're hiring hundreds of people uh, who've just graduated from college, or if you're Google and you have giant classes of new engineers who are coming in, having a rotational tour of duty allows you to really work with those large numbers of people and on-ramp them into the company. The ability to really give those people a purpose, uh, a, a clear mission that they're trying to accomplish, a clear assignment that allows them to stretch themselves and allows them to actually feel good about what they've done is the key to the success of those rotational tours of duty. Yeah, and you seem to use them or advocate to use them more than just uh, for entry-level employees. Did, did I get that right? That's right. So we like to think about our concept of, of an alliance as being something that applies to all your employees. In the talent world, we're really used to talking about high-potential employees and really focusing our efforts there. And no question, those are people that can deliver outsized benefits for the company. But every member of your company should have the notion of what mission they're on, what they're trying to accomplish, what kind of tour of duty are they serving, because that's what gives them meaning and purpose in terms of their time at your company. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's really interesting because you talk a lot about this tour of duty concept. And uh, some companies have used a concept like this for a long time. But I wonder why more companies don't have this kind of thinking. It's almost like if if they don't keep an employee working for the same manager, they're going to lose their talent. What are your thoughts about that? Sure. I think it's endemic to the modern world. We're all incredibly busy. We have so much we're doing. It's hard to get managers to take the time to actually manage their employees. And so the tour of duty seems like it's a lot of work. But in actuality, it's just a question of really understanding what the person's trying to accomplish and then checking in regularly. I read this crazy statistic from Josh Burson over at Deloitte who said that only 3% of companies regularly set goals and then go back and check in on them. For individual employees. That's insane to me. 97% of employees are running around not having had any supervision, not really knowing what their key goals are. And, and you know what happens when that, when that takes place? They, they set up their own goals and they do what they think they're supposed to do as opposed to what's aligned to where the business purpose is really heading. Absolutely. And even if they have the best of intentions, you know what they say about good intentions. Right. Right. What are the unintended consequences of some of that? So, you know, as I've done my own comparison and sort of looking around and, you know, some companies that are older, um, you've been around 40 years or so, not like some of the Silicon Valley companies, but they, they ended up being siloed and having lots of different lines of business and people didn't cross over. And it was very, it's very difficult in those kinds of companies to set that mindset of rotational kinds of assignments. What, what role do you think culture plays in all of this? I think culture is really at the heart of things. And when we talk about the alliance in the book, we're really talking about a mindset where instead of viewing your employees as just people that you pay, 
uh, or even as family members who are going to always be a part of the family, we view them as allies, uh, valued people who are independent players that you're working with in order to accomplish something together. And so I think even a company that's older, even a company that's in a mature line of business, can think of its employees as allies. And that mindset really helps set missions, uh, set goals, and accomplish things in the business. Yeah, uh, you know, it reminds me of uh, uh, somebody that I highlighted in my own book, um, the CEO of Genpak Tiger. And he used to always say, you know, when somebody leaves, I have a friend in another business. Absolutely. You know, and he had that ambassador mindset. And so many times we think of this as I'm losing a talent. And I always say it's better to have a friend who's an ambassador, as you cited, than somebody who's an enemy somewhere else. You got it. you You know what I thought was really kind of interesting is, what's your philosophy on performance management? That's getting so much play these days. And how does it really work? And is it successful? And what are your thoughts as it fits into this model that you have? So performance management is absolutely one of the essential functions of the manager. As a manager, you're being judged on what you're able to get out of your people and how you'll be able to lead them to greater achievement. The problem that a lot of people run into with performance management is it's done on a classical performance management basis. We've got a review every year. We're going to sit down. We're going to talk about your accomplishments, and we're going to focus on what kinds of areas for improvement you have. And that's really a terrible way to manage people to get the best out of them. In fact, what we believe is if you have this structure, an alliance in place, where employees have a clear mission and a clear set of goals they're trying to accomplish, it's a lot easier to measure their performance, to see if they've accomplished those goals. And if they're having trouble accomplishing those goals, asking them, hey, what can I do to help make that happen? It's also the case that we strongly advocate having these conversations with your employees on a regular basis, quarterly, if not more often, to make sure that you're continually checking in. Because guess what? This world is full of change. And the thing that you decided 11 months ago may no longer be relevant. So it's really important to continually revisit. Yeah, that, that's such an important point. And it's just, it's just such a struggle for managers to, to do the performance reviews. Um, and be, be, because of the reason that you said the classical model just simply doesn't work. We're coming up in about 30 seconds on break, Chris. But just before we go, what are your thoughts around coaching? Coaching is absolutely essential, and I think the issue is managers haven't been taught how to coach. When managers know this is the employee's mission, these are the skills the employee feels like he or she needs to accomplish that mission, then the manager can be a much better coach because they know what to focus on and they know how to buttress that employee. Yeah, I mean, any talk about you know behaviors that you expect of employees in, in your organization? Yes, I think the key is to really set clear expectations too often, We have expectations in our mind, and we don't express them. And the nature of the alliance is let's get it down on writing, let's really spell it out, and let's make sure we're both very clear on what we're trying to do. Wow. Well, we're coming up on break, and uh, stay with me. We're going to be talking about uh, how you actually implement some of these things in in our next section with uh, Chris Yee, uh, New York Times bestselling author. Uh, Alliance is the book. Great book, great read. When it 
comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. As your business grows, are you growing with it? Do you have the right balance of time, attention, work, and personal life? Take the growing pains out of growth and tune into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. If you are spending most of your energy managing problems rather than focusing on taking your business to the next level, our program will give you the steps you need to make sure you have everything in place for forward-thinking business leadership. The Business Edge is heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to iLead, the leadership connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to one 866 Four seven two five seven nine zero. That's one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag #IleadTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now back to iLead, the Leadership Connection. Welcome back to iLead, the Leadership Connection. I'm your host, Linda Sharkey. We're talking about talent management for the modern world, and my guest today, Chris Yee, author, writer, speaker, marketing guru, and venture capitalist, and author of a New York Times best-selling book called Alliance, Managing Talent in the Networked World, and we're having a great discussion of what things we need to think about in order to ensure that we have the kind of talent we need going forward. So, Chris... Tell me, you know, when you and I talked about this earlier, we were sort of musing on some of the commentary that's out there about women in in um, the marketplace and the women not making some of the strides that they need to. And here you are out in Silicon Valley in a, a hotbed. I, I used to live out there. Um, what are you seeing relative to women in the workplace? And how does the notion of this creating an alliance uh, help you attract more women? Yes, so it has absolutely become a key issue for discussion. Obviously, Sheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In, has helped prompt that. But also, I just feel like 
women understand more than ever and are speaking up more than ever about these issues. Silicon Valley, obviously, there's been a lot of statistics released that show that, especially on the technical side, it's a population of employees that are overwhelmingly male, overwhelmingly Caucasian or East Asian, and not a particularly diverse place. And what I feel like is that the alliance... I hadn't noticed that. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, That show, it's Silicon Valley, it's full of women, right? Uh, Right, right. So what I, what I really feel like what, as far as the alliance goes is the alliance helps address this issue by making things really explicit and structured, by providing a framework for thinking about things and encouraging managers to work with their employees on their employees' career advancement. One of the big criticisms and issues is, hey, are women getting enough mentorship? And there's a whole variety of reasons why this might not be the case. I think there's a lot of unconscious biases. People tend to associate with people who are like them. And so if you have a population that's yep. overwhelmingly male, it's going to tend to associate with males. There's also some, some issues around you know, the perception of older male mentors and younger female protégés. But it all boils down to the fact that if you just leave everything up to uh, chance, then what's going to happen is those unwritten biases, those unspoken biases, are going to be the things that predominate. When you provide a framework that's systematic and is really gender neutral and uh, neutral to a person's background, then you're giving everyone more of a level playing field and you're encouraging people who maybe didn't speak up as much before to really speak up and have their voices be heard. Yeah, I mean, I think that that whole notion of bias is huge. And, you know, to your point, you get to the top of many houses and it is uh, predominantly male. And it's not that people are trying to, you know, hold anybody down, but people gravitate to people that they feel comfortable with and that they trust. And women often without explicit plans don't necessarily fall into that kind of uh, experience. So I, I think you, you really hit the nail on the head there. Um, another question for you. I, I, you know, you're out there in the center for innovation and thinking about all these technological things that are coming to play. Uh, what do you see as ultimate changes and impact that technology is going to have on the workplace and how inter- people interact with each other and how people work together. You know, you mentioned the modern workplace. What, what do you see looking out on how work is going to be reformatted, redesigned because of technology? In a word, if I were to sum it up, transparency. There's so mm. much more transparency and connectedness now than there ever was before. I can still remember the ancient days of business when you know, we would actually send letters physical letters that we typed, maybe even on a typewriter, in order to communicate. And everything was handled via communications channels that were pretty opaque. Nowadays, there are tools like Slack, for example, which is a hot startup here in Silicon Valley, where now communications are shifting to a really open, transparent platform. In Slack, everyone in the the company can see these messages going back and forth and see how what they're working on relates to what everyone else is working on. In an environment with this kind of transparency, it becomes more important than ever to really walk the walk in addition to talking the talk, to really treat people the right way 
as an ally rather than as, as somebody who you know, you're going to just try to get as much out of as possible while treating like a tool of the business. Yeah. And, you know, that that's just going to get around so much more quickly than it ever is before. I mean, even tenured, tenured teachers are being challenged these days because students can communicate about classes and the way they're interacting in ways that they never could before. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a very interesting point. What do you think from uh, your point of view on um, compensation? You know, that's, that's another big area. And most people do performance reviews. If you ask any HR person, which, by the way, I don't agree with this, but if you ask right. any HR person, they will tell you, well, you have to do a yearly performance review because how else are you going to set, you know, your compensation levels? And I know Juniper Networks has kind of turned that upside down on, on, on their head and uh, doesn't really do it quite that way. What do you think? And how, do you, how did you guys handle that at LinkedIn? Absolutely. So compensation is, is completely essential. I always tell people, listen, I'm sure all these folks love their jobs, but if you went to them and you said, I'm going to ask you to continue doing the same things, but I can't pay you anymore, how many of them would keep doing it? Not many. Compensation is a part of work. And what we've said with the alliance is let's just make sure we don't view compensation as the only element that you look at when you're evaluating a job. In fact, when you're, especially when you're thinking about younger folks, maybe millennials or, or people who are entering the workplace, career development is far more important to them than current compensation. The ability to accomplish a project that's going to you know, help burnish your personal brand, that's also valuable in addition to compensation. In terms of the alliance... Uh, you know, mm-hmm, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, in uh, terms of the alliance... The compensation is absolutely an element of the alliance, and part of it is, hey, you're attempting to accomplish more in your career so you can create more value for the company, so you can earn a higher degree of compensation. But saying that compensation should solely be based on performance rankings is the whole reason why performance management has gotten such a bad name. People are going to game a system. They're not going to act against their own financial self-interest. And so as a result, people are gaming the performance management system. It's time to break that dependency and say compensation is going to be based on the value that a person produces for the organization. It's not based on a number that we assign them. It's based on the actual value they create. Yeah. So what? speaking of the millennials, uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers did a great study of their own employees, I think 180,000 employees, and contrasted millennial beliefs with, uh, you know, sort of the rest of us and found that there wasn't that much significant difference. But it did appear from their study that um, both millennials, actually, and boomers would take less pay in certain circumstances if they thought that there was going to be uh, a real career advancement opportunity connected with it. What's your take on that? Yeah, I do think that you know, a lot of times people treat millennials as if they are a completely different species. I think they're forgetting the fact that throughout human history, older generations have always said, oh, my God, these young kids, I don't know what's going on. They were saying that hundreds of years ago. They'll be saying that in hundreds of years, assuming that uh, human beings are still human beings as opposed to evolved into energy beings or something like that. I'm sure Elon Musk is working on that as we speak. 
But in terms of yeah. sort of the, the willingness to defer current compensation for career advancement, absolutely. I mean, I think we see that happen all the time in Silicon Valley. Everyone in Silicon Valley knows that you can make more money in a corporate job. You can go work for a big company and probably not have to work as hard, frankly, and make even more cash. But if you want the ability to change the world, if you want the ability to potentially see an enormous payout, if you want the ability to be cool, sometimes you have to make these sacrifices. So I think in Silicon Valley, we're very used to saying, you know what, we're going to trade off current compensation for upside or career development. Right. right. Or to be in a startup with you, where you're really doing something extremely cool that could, you know, just be a game changer. Absolutely. And, you know, I've interviewed a lot of executives over my life, and, and they will make some of those. They will make some of those changes. I'm glad to hear you say that. Uh, you know, people are people, no matter what generation they came they came up in. You know, that's that's an important point. We're going to be coming up again, Chris, uh, against break in about a minute. But I wanted to uh, talk to you about. What do you see as the next big wave of uh, for for talent management? You know, you talk about the alliance, you talk about rotational, um, transformational, and foundational roles. I'm going to get into that after the break. But what do you see as the next big wave? So the alliance is in reaction to what I think is the big wave, which is that we're moving towards a world where people are increasingly entrepreneurial. Change happens so quickly, uh, circumstances change so rapidly that everyone has to think of themselves as an entrepreneur. And I think you can see that in the rise of people you know, piecing together employment through services such as Uber or becoming essentially hoteliers through Airbnb. Everyone is going to be an entrepreneur in the future. And the alliance is a response to saying, okay, well, how do we manage a workforce of entrepreneurs, people who are thinking about the world like an entrepreneur? Yeah, and I'm wondering how you develop that entrepreneurial kind of focus. And before break, we have about 30 seconds. Any quick thoughts on on what you look for to see if somebody really has that entrepreneurial strain in their DNA? The key to entrepreneurship is the goal orientation having something that you really want to accomplish. And that's why the Alliance and its emphasis on really setting up a clear mission, setting up a clear tour of duty plays into that. It allows the manager and the company to satisfy the needs of the entrepreneurial employee while still offering them all the benefits of a a more established company, i.e. you're still getting paid, you're part of an organization, you uh, are associated with this wonderful brand. And that's what companies are going to need to do in order to continue to appeal to the entrepreneurial people that drive innovation. Yeah. Well, LinkedIn sure have been a huge success. Okay, well, we're coming up on our, our next break. Stay with us. Stay. Uh, we're going to be continuing our conversation with Chris Yee. We're going to be talking about his model, how it works, some tips and tools of how if you can take some of this and apply it to your organization. So, Craig, thanks, Chris, and we'll be back uh, after this next break. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. 
Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive for a reason. They shake up your status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time for our special series on the future of business. Learn how you can become the transformational leader who takes your company across the finish line as you look ahead to the next breakthrough wave of innovation. The Future of Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag iLeadTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, back to iLead, the Leadership Connection. Hi, welcome back. Uh, I'm Linda Sharkey, uh, the host of I Lead the Leadership Quest uh, Connection. And with me today uh, is Chris Yee, author, co-author of uh, a New York Times bestselling book, which uh, I've read cover to cover, which is a really great book. If you don't have it and you're in this field and you're thinking about leading uh, in this networked world, it's a must-buy copy. And there's lots of tools and techniques in there uh, for you to use. And don't ignore this book because this is the way it's going to be in the modern world and the modern business world going forward. So, uh, Chris, tell me, part of the tips and tools, you go through a rotational uh, tour of duty and then you talk about transformational and foundational. What are the things that you need to consider as you move into designing and developing these tours of duties what are, what are some of the tools and tips of the trade here absolutely so after somebody has entered the company and perhaps they enter on one of these rotational tours of duty often the next step is to put them on a transformational tour of duty that's something that's highly personalized to them with a very specific mission that hopefully transforms 
both their career and the company's business. That's why we call it the transformational tour of duty. It's intended to really push you to the next phase or stage in your career. And one of the great things about the book is, you know, it's not just sort of uh, an intellectual exercise. We include in the appendix, you know, an actual template form for setting up one of these tours of duty. It includes different expectations that both sides need to acknowledge, the different missions that the people might be going and attempting to accomplish, and the actual benefits that will accrue to both sides as a result of those missions. So those people who pick up the book or who have already read the book know that there's very specific tools that allow them to implement these within their organization. One of the exercises... You know, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. I was, I was just going to say a, a quick thing. I, I, I looked at those exercises and they're great. And I'm, I'm uh, uh, doing a talent master class out in uh, Dubai in the next month. And I am going to apply those tools attributed, of course, to you guys, to uh, some of the concepts that I'm putting out there for, for top shelf mastery of talent management. They're great tools. So keep talking about them. Go ahead. Fantastic. Well, I was going to say one of the things that we've really learned since the book came out, and this is some some insight that perhaps uh, even those people who read the book haven't gotten yet, because it's something we've gotten from holding workshops with various companies around the country and around the world, uh, is that one of the great ways for the manager and the employee to work together and, and, and figure out how that employee's career is going to be transformed is to actually look at that employee's LinkedIn profile and say, okay, Assuming that we successfully complete this next transformational tour of duty, what's that going to look like? Let's write up that description for that LinkedIn, uh, that LinkedIn job uh, in advance. Let's say at the end of it, instead of saying, well, I was a product manager for this business, instead you would say, I launched this new product. We got... 1,000 new customers in the year after launch, and it contributed $50 million to the company's bottom line. Now, that is a real entry in a LinkedIn profile. That's a real transformation. It's not just, hey, here's a job title and here's a period of time. That's powerful. That's really powerful. And I notice when I go onto LinkedIn, I'm seeing more and more of that kind of uh, description in uh, in, in profiles. That's, that's terrific. So why invest in um, the corporate alumni network? Yeah, so this you talk a of, lot about that. Absolutely. This is one of the elements we, we put into the book because it really reflects the fact that the alliance doesn't end when the employee leaves the organization. We all know that it's unlikely that a given employee is going to stay with our organization for their entire career. For that matter, every manager is themselves an employee. It's unlikely they're going to stay at an organization their entire career. Even Steve Jobs didn't stay at Apple his entire career. Somehow he was fired and then came back in triumph. So given that fact, it's really important to then say, well, how do we maintain a relationship even after the employment relationship ends? And that's where the corporate alumni network comes in. And we talk in the book about organizations like management consultancies that have done a phenomenal job of leveraging these networks to really drive benefits for the business, whether it's because the alumni of McKinsey or Bain are referring business or because they're referring candidates and, and other people who can come in and join the organization. Those organizations invest heavily in their alumni networks and get incredible returns from them. 
Yeah, it's uh, uh, GE used to do that. In fact, it was the first company that I ever saw uh, really do that. You know, you talk a lot about this as building trust and how important trust is. Can you say a little bit more about that? And then I want to hear, you have a business around this, don't you? You, you have a consulting practice Absolutely. Ar- around. So trust is essential because essentially trust is the currency that you use to get things done. I tell people, I say, listen, you know, how important is trust? I'll put it this way. Let's say you have an employee who's phenomenally talented, but you don't trust him. Are you going to put him in charge of your most important initiative? Heck no. It doesn't no. matter if he's the most talented. Trust trumps capability. So I trust love that. is the most important thing. It's like the, it's like the conduit between the talent and the accomplishment. And without trust, you just cannot give that person the kinds of responsibilities that are going to deliver outsized returns. And building trust is ultimately relatively simple. Uh, I like to tell people, and this is a definition from Fred Kaufman of Conscious Business, that trust is built by making and keeping commitments. Somebody who always keeps their commitments to you, that's somebody you trust. Somebody who never keeps their commitments to you, it doesn't matter how nice a person they are and how much you enjoy hanging out with him or her, you're not going to trust them. That is so true. That is so true. You know, I used to talk about uh, trust early on when I started uh, in my in my own career, and people would look at me like, "What's that got to do with it?" And trust has everything to do with it. If you don't trust somebody, you don't communicate with them. Absolutely. You know, you don't you don't help them, you don't work with them, you don't collaborate with them. It's a fundamental factor in the workplace. So tell me, so tell me about your practice around this. Yes. Yeah, so one of the things that we did is, is after we wrote this book, uh, obviously we're very happy with the book. We're happy with the reception. It sold very well. A lot of people like it. But a lot of people came to us and said, hey, the book is great, but how do I get more help adopting these ideas? What do I do to really help my company pick up the alliance and make it a part of my talent management strategy, my management training strategy? And so we've actually started a company called Allied Talent. You can find the website at alliedtalent.com, which is a niche, a boutique consultancy that will actually offer workshops. So we have a workshop to help you figure out how to adopt tours of duty within your organization. So managers learn how to develop these transformational tours of duty, and they learn how to have these career conversations with their employees to build that level of trust and commitment. We also have workshops on network intelligence, which is the ability to leverage the personal networks of your employees, as well as workshops on how the alliance really impacts recruiting and retention. Because ultimately, the goal is, as a company is to be able to recruit the best people. And here in Silicon Valley, if you're trying to recruit the best people, Google and Facebook can always pay more. They always have more money than you. So how do you build an organization right. that is so attractive that you can get the best people, even if Google and Facebook, with their incredible bank roles and their incredible brands, can outbid you? Yeah, that's so important. So, where do you do these? Uh, where do you do these workshops? So we've done them all over. We've even done them outside the United States. Uh, obviously, as uh, the the co-authors of the book, uh, Ben and Reed and myself, we live here in Silicon Valley, so it's very convenient. And if you're in Silicon Valley, it's more likely that one of us will actually show up to help you with this. But our organization works with people all over the globe, and we have uh, we have people stationed on the East Coast, even in Canada of all places. And so we're ready to help you wherever you happen to be. 
Well, I tell you, I'd love to go to one of your workshops. It sounds it sounds uh, phenomenal. I think it sounds like a, a very important investment in time. You know, as we're coming kind of to our uh, close of this conversation, you know, if you had three pieces of advice um, that you would want to give to somebody as they're thinking about really building a talent powerhouse, um, you know, that plays into people's careers, purpose, aspirations, because I think aspirations are so important, what would those pieces of advice be, Chris? Absolutely. The first piece of advice is very simple. Every employee should know their mission. Everyone should be clear on what they're trying to accomplish, what it does for the company, and what it does for them. That kind of clarity is what really allows people to perform well. The second thing is that every person should be clear, uh, every person should be clear on what, uh, oh, what was that? Uh, Every person should be clear on how to build trust. Managers really think to themselves, I'm, my job is to assign tasks to people. My job is to you know, tell people what to do. No, your job is to build a trusted relationship so that you can work together to actually accomplish something for the company. And the right. final thing is to really think about what is the nature of the relationship I have with people? Am I a parent Am I somebody who's just a paymaster? No, I'm an ally. I'm somebody who is looking out for that person's best interests. And this is hard because it means answering honestly. Sometimes that person's best interests may lie outside the organization. And when that happens, you have to be honest and say, you know, I really would like you to stay, but I do think for the goals that you're trying to achieve, that other organization may be better, and I'll help you do that. But I really hope that someday we get to work together again. Yeah, honesty is, and you know what this says to me too, which of course I believe wholeheartedly, is that this means that we really do have to have leaders that believe in talent and believe in people and see their job more about people than they do see their job as uh, just driving the outcomes and driving the results. Right. In this day they and see age, it things working change through so people. quickly. You have to be adaptable. You have to be able to have an organization yeah. that can quickly react. And you can't do it all yourself as the leader. You have to trust your people to do it, and you need to have the kind of relationship where they trust you to back them up. Yeah, yeah. Well, Chris, this was just a great conversation. I so appreciate you being on the show. Your insights are terrific. Again, uh, what, what was the name of your company again, Chris? Sure. The name of the consultancy is Allied Talent, A-L-L-I-E-D, Talent, T-A-L-E-N-T dot com. You can find us very easily on Google. Great. Terrific. And everyone out there listening, get a copy of this book. It's a great read. So thank you again, Chris. I so appreciate you being with me. And um, we're coming up on break now. Uh, So stay with me. I'll be talking about uh, some other tips and tools. And we'll be talking about our next uh, person joining the show. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? 
How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that have done right really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the Kidstar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to one 866 Four seven two five seven nine zero. That's one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag #ILeadTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now back to I Lead the Leadership Connection. Welcome back. I'm Linda Sharkey, the host of I Lead the Leadership Connection, and we've been talking to Chris Yee, uh, co-author of uh, the Alliance uh, Strategies, Talent Strategies for a Networked World, and we've just had a great discussion with, with Chris uh, on a best-selling book and his organization. So what I wanted to do was sum up some of the key factors here. And when we were finishing our conversation with Chris, we talked about how important leadership is going to be in this modern, new modern world and in this new transparent world. And leaders are going to have to know their talent. It was a, maybe a nice to do before in enlightened companies, but if you want to succeed and you want to attract and create a, a, a loyal, trusting, open, honest workplace, you have to know your employees. You have to understand their aspirations. And you must create a, a alignment between their aspirations and the mission vision of your organization. And this does not have to be onerous. This can be done through great conversations. Some of the best conversations I've had with people in my career is when we've talked about their aspirations and what my aspiration and vision for an organization was and how we could work together to you know, achieve that. They're rewarding conversations. They're great conversations. They're much more fun than a lot of the others that I've had to have over the years. You can't be afraid the talent will leave. The fact of the matter is, as Chris said, they will leave. 
And you need to prepare for that inevitability. And now, are you going to create an ambassador? Somebody that's going to be out there, that's going to stay networked with you, that's going to give you insight, that's going to perhaps open another door with you, that's going to say good things about your company, or are you going to create an enemy? And Chris's point about creating ambassadors is so essential. And we've got to switch our thinking here to be thinking that there's an alliance and a social contract between you and people that work with you. And if you can make that a strong bond, you will have people that will come back and do extraordinary things in ways that you never even thought about. The other point I think that's so critical is we talked a lot about performance management and the whole role of coaching. In my own research and in my own books, coaching was and is statistically aligned with business results. Managers who are able to understand the skills and the goals that employees want to achieve in quote unquote a tour of duty and can coach an employee to help them down that career path and be successful in that tour are really people that are going to be driving business outcomes more than anyone else. And we've proved that in our research and my own book, Optimizing Talent, and the workbook that goes along with it and the workshops. So next week, we're going to be having a further discussion. So how do you create those purposeful conversations? How do you align vision with others? And again, in my workbook, I take you through the steps because it's been my experience that so many companies are unclear or have very weak mission statements that don't differentiate themselves at all and or mission statements that are the same way. So how do you really create purpose and vision that grabs people emotionally and grabs them in their heart so they're energized, A, to achieve it, and they're excited about the possibilities. So Linton Bergson is going to be joining me. He is also an author, a speaker, consultant, coach, and he's written a book called The Purposeful Vision. It's a great book. Um, it leads you to the reality of your own purpose and helping you think about what's your own purpose in what you're trying to do, because we are, at the end of the day, all employees somewhere. And we need to be clear on what it is that we want to achieve and what it is that we want to contribute. And I think that this is going to be able to help you as a leader understand how to create common visions and goals with others. So there'll be a lot of tools and techniques connected here as well. So join me next week, same time, same place, with Linton Bergson, author of Purposeful Vision. And again, thanks so much for Chris Yee for a great discussion and a fabulous book. If you want to get copies of uh, my book, Optimizing Talent, What Every Leader and Manager Needs to Know to Sustain the Ultimate Workforce, uh, you can order it off of Amazon and uh, look at the um, 
look at the uh, accolades that the book received, which may make you want to look at it a little further. So again, thank you for being with me today. Thank you for uh, uh, staying on for next week. Linton Bergson will be with me. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of I Lead, The Leadership Connection. Please join Dr. Linda Sharkey again for another show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a successful week.